They counted us out They didn't think that we would make it up They didn't It breaks my heart Oh, but I know that Where we at, go? Where we at, go? Forgive me for what the stove did Nobody touched the billy until hope did How many billionaires can come from hope crib? I count three, me, A and Re Bronze and rock boy, so four technically Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 309 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm just asking you to hear me out. So you kind of know where we were starting with this episode. Uh, it came out late for a reason. We're talking about LeBron James. <laughs> and we're talking about LeBron James becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history with over 38,387 like, points or something like that. I'm not here to debate. Who's the greatest between Michael Jordan or LeBron James? I'm not here to do that. Of course, I know there are people that are staunchly on the LeBron James side. There are people that are staunchly on the Jordan side. You also have people clearly that, I mean, I don't know, say Kobe's the greatest of all time. That is your opinion to debate, and I'm not here to do that. What I'm here to do is express the feeling, the feeling that I had when I saw LeBron James, uh, you know, become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Since growing up, I've always been told, and we've always been told that the name of the game, the name, uh, the the concept of basketball is putting the ball through the hole. And there are milestones, you know, that... A lot of people think we'll never be broken. And when they are, and if they are, that's why we champion championing them so much. For instance, reason why we, the reason why we made a big deal about Steph Curry breaking a three-time record because nobody thought that he would ever no, – no one thought that a player – because we know how much Ray Allen shot the ball. Nobody would think that a player would ever – break a three-point record or that three-point record and if it was going to be a player it would have been the greatest shooter of all time and Steph Curry when we talk about record book record records and 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 long-lasting records right one record that we never think is going to break it could all every record could break and could fall at one point or another. But one one record that we think, that I think, let me just say myself, that I think will probably never get broken is the 100-point record that Wilt Chamberlain has. You know, I just don't think, I mean, Kobe was close with 81. Uh, you know, Devin Booker scored 70. Donovan Mitchell scored 70. You had a couple 60-point games in there. But I just don't think with the way that the game goes, the talent level, the talent on the defensive side of the ball at times, I just don't think there's going to be a player that will ever get to 100 points again. You see, a a record like that are one of those records where I just think to myself, yeah, ain't nobody going to get that. Growing up, when you hear 38,000 points, it's like, damn, that's a lot of points, bro. 
and you see you see those 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 like we you hear wilt you know wilt when we when we talk about record books we don't really talk about wilt that much because it's wilt Will Chamberlain did things that we, I would, you could never imagine happening. Again, scoring what, averaging like fifty points a game one uh, a couple times. Like, Wilt is just another class. But you know, we talk about the skyhook and we talk about Kareem. I just thought that, again, the name of the game is put the ball in the hole. And I just, I, I just never thought that we would see somebody score. Over, you know, see somebody break that record outside of Will Chamberlain. Now, I will, I mean, no, not Will Chamberlain, outside of Kareem Madu Jabbar. Now, I will say this. Um, I, one of the biggest reasons why I don't like debating the whole is LeBron James better than Michael Jordan thing is because I know how I feel now. And I know. I've never seen somebody like LeBron James. And when I was younger, you know, I'm only what, 28. Um I don't I is I'm not <laughs> you know, growing up, I wasn't old enough to understand the greatness of what we saw from LeBron from Michael Jordan. All I saw was, you know, highlights and highlight tapes and and of course I saw the later years of LeBron, I mean Michael Jordan like I saw the last few championships, but again, I was young. I didn't understand it. I saw the Wizards, bro. I actually saw the Wizards, uh, Michael Jordan play one time. Um, oh yeah, so I can actually say I saw Michael Jordan play, but I don't know the feeling of watching Michael Jordan in his prime, or I don't understand the feeling of watching Michael Jordan in his prime. You see, I can honestly say there will never be a person like a player like LeBron James. And it's not just it's not just on the court. LeBron James has been a model citizen. He's done a lot for his community. He's done a lot for his family. He has two great sons. He has a great wife, great mother, great daughter. Like he is the model of black excellence. You know, and what's what's funny is for years, people have been trying to get something on LeBron. Either on the court or off. Man, look, LeBron James has his issues as far as on the court. But I can honestly say, I don't know if he's the greatest, but I know that I've never had a feeling watching a player like I have watching LeBron. And I'm not saying, I'm not a big LeBron stan or whatever, but I know when I watch LeBron James play, I have never seen someone do what he's capable of doing at the level in which he's capable of doing it for this long. I, In order to break this record, in order to become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, you have to win, which is which is beautiful and and also crazy to think about. LeBron James has never really been considered a scorer. You know, when we think about scorers, we think about the Kobe's, the Michael Jordan's, Kevin Durant's, um, Steph Curry's. You know, we think about players like that. We never think about LeBron James, which is why I think this is. 
I, don't get me wrong. I would love to win four championships. I would love to win four MVPs. I would love to win, you know, four finals MVPs. But this is where I think his legacy will lie. I think his legacy, for instance, Steph Curry, right? We'll talk about Steph Curry briefly a little bit later in the show, but Steph Curry's legacy isn't going to be the fact that he's a four-time, possibly more, but right now four-time NBA champion. The legacy isn't he's a two-time MVP, one of which being unanimous. The legacy isn't he took a franchise, which people forget. The Golden State Warriors was the laughing stock of the league, or at least one of the laughing stocks of the league. He took them, and, and now they're one of the most profitable franchises in in sports. None of that is going to be well. That 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 test him. But when you think of Steph Curry, you're always going to think about the greatest shooter of all time. You see, when you, when we think of LeBron, we're not going to think, yeah, well, he's a four time champion. That's with him, but that's not the first thought. The first thought isn't, well, he has multiple, you know, four time MVP winner. That's a, that's 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 an ad, but that's not what we're going to think. And what we're going to think now is, oh yeah, LeBron James, the greatest. When we think about when we think about Wilt, all we thought about was yeah, the all time leading scorer. Now that's LeBron James. Again, <laughs> I'm not here to debate if LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. I'm not here to debate. You know, is he even the greatest scorer of all time? I've seen people do that all day, you know. Just because he is the all-time leading scorer doesn't mean he's the greatest scorer of all time. Look, I'm not here to debate that, bro. What I will say is this. Watch with my own two eyes, live. Not Not saying me physically being there, but... Experiencing this era of LeBron James, I can say this. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player I have ever seen. Lace up some shoes and play. LeBron James. LeBron James is the only player, I think, in sports history that has come in and not just rise to the expectations, but exceed them. I mean, because you remember coming out of college, man, or no, I'm sorry, coming out of high school, because he didn't even go to college, coming out of high school, he was deemed the chosen one. You know, he was on the Sports Illustrated cover, St. Vincent, St. Mary's. He was supposed to be the, the best player in the league. Like, that's that's that was what he he had on him coming into the league and when and, and when you really sit back and think about it like he's so much superseded he's so much exceeded expectations to the point where he damn near shattered them so Again, I'll say congratulations to LeBron James for becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. A stat that I, the reason again, I don't know the reason why I just don't think this will be broken is because 
you have to have the longevity. You have to have the consistency. You have to have the greatness to to score that many points consistently. And LeBron James has been that and more. And what's funny is this this record ain't done. I think LeBron James has easily three to four more years left, maybe five. So, again, congratulations, um, LeBron James, for being the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. For the amount of time in which I've seen him. And also, congratulations to LeBron James for... uh, Congratulations to LeBron James for winning, I mean, for becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. NBA history. Also, I know, I know I'm, I've been kind of lingering on this topic for, for a good little minute, but think about that, man. I think the best part about this that, that, that I'm just so in awe about is the fact of LeBron James isn't a scorer like that. Again, you look at some of the greatest scores in NBA history, you don't think of LeBron. To be honest, to be fair, you didn't think of Kareem either, but he was up there. But you don't think of LeBron. You think, like I said, you think of the Kobe's. You think of the Jordans, the Durant's, you know, uh, Steph's, Dame Lillard. Like, mm, mm, mm. You know what's funny? This is the last thing I'll say. So the the was it the Grammys? The Grammys just happened. And you know, the Grammys is is uh, uh stars full of stars, you know. Harry Styles, uh Drake made video appearances, Lil Wayne. The the the, the big names are there. Right? However, <laughs> Hell, even Hove was there. Hell, Hove, Braun did. Even even Hove was there. But, and you can see it through the TV if you watched the Oscars. I didn't, but I did see clips and stuff. There was a different energy when Beyonce walked in, right? Star of stars, right? You know, you had... Kendrick was there. Lizzo was there. Uh, Adele was there. The Rock was there. There's so many people, but there was a different level. There was a different energy. And you know it because people respect people differently because they understand. There was a different energy when Beyonce walked up in there. That doesn't take away from the greatness of everybody else. It's just, that's Beyonce. That is LeBron James. LeBron James can be in a room full of Steph. Like, and you know how I know it's true? Because as soon as LeBron James broke this record, not only did the game stop, <laughs> but they had a video of people, great, great. Steph said something. Uh, What? KD said something. D. Wade says something. It's just different when you see Braun. It's different when you see Beyonce. 
I don't know how <laughs> I was able to talk about the the Grammys and and Beyonce and that, but hey, again, congratulations, Bron, for uh, breaking or becoming the NBA's leading scorer of all time or NBA's <sighs> top scorer of all time. Speaking of scoring, and let's move on. Which is also just shows you just how great LeBron is because LeBron is able. LeBron is able to take away from the lead that was going to be the lead, and that is the Kyrie Irving trade. So Kyrie Irving gets traded to the Dallas Mavericks um, for what? Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, actually, it was Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. Uh, for Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and a, and a couple picks. You have to look at this trade in three ways. You have to look at this. We can talk, and we will talk about this trade through Brooklyn's eyes. We'll talk about this trade through Dallas's eyes. And we have to talk about this trade through the Lakers' eyes. You see, Kyrie Irving is a superior talent. Kyrie Irving is one of the greatest, if not the greatest ball handler the the world has ever seen. Kyrie is one of the greatest finishers around the rim we have ever seen. Kyrie paints pictures of art while playing basketball. That's how gracious and that's how graceful his game is. Kyrie would make any team 10 times better. So you're asking yourself, why would the Brooklyn Nets trade him? Outside of the fact, of course, he demanded a trade. Individualism is is a word that's new in sports. Of course, you have people like Deion Sanders. You have people like uh, T.O. Uh, you have you have some very flam. Mm, I'm not gonna say flamboyant. That's kind of disrespectful. Boisterous people, confident people. While Kyrie doesn't fit that script, what he does fit is you never know what he's going to do. You know he's going to be good at basketball, but outside of his game being as great as it is, what else do we know about Kyrie Irving? Well, Kyrie Irving is a tad bit injury prone. Kyrie Irving, and it goes back to individualism, Kyrie Irving a lot of times goes at the beat of his own drum, which there's absolutely nothing wrong. But when you play team sports, that can rub a lot of people the wrong way. Because one of the biggest things that you have to be in team sports is, or one of the biggest thing about team sports is you have to be reliable. You also have to give of your or die to yourself for the team. Yes, you can still be great. You can still be as good as you are, but you just have to be. 
it's always team first, and that's not just basketball. That's any sport that has a team. You see, I hear a lot of people talking about the Kyrie Irving, KD, James Harden uh, tenured in Brooklyn as being one of the biggest failures in NBA history, and I tend to agree. And it's not it's not because their talent wasn't there. It's not because they weren't able to excel. It's because they were not they were barely on the floor and a lot of that was because of Kyrie Irving. You know, his stance on the vaccine. I'm not, I've never said his stance was right or wrong. What I said was he's making a decision and he's standing on it. Which I can respect. But with every decision comes consequences whether the consequences are good and bad every decision comes with consequences Kyrie Irving decided not to play KD KD getting hurt was not a consequence of Kyrie getting played but or not playing but now you have James Harding have to shoulder a load that he did not expect to shoulder and now he's out of there I think you get to a point where I've always said this, and people have always said this too, so it's not an original thought, but talent supersedes anything, which is one big reason, and and clearly Kyrie has not done half as much, not even a fraction as much as what Antonio Brown has done, but that's why Antonio Brown continues to get opportunities, because he is talented at playing football. He's one of the greatest wide receivers we've ever seen. Kyrie Irving, at least for the Brooklyn Nets organization, his talent did not supersede, or his talent didn't overcome his problems because his problems caused him to miss a lot of games. I think a stat is out. In four years, I think, four or five years, Kyrie Irving has only played like 82 or 84 games with Kevin Durant. Like, in four years. A lot of that was, of course, COVID. A lot of that was injury. A lot of that was, you know, or some of that was, of course, getting suspended for his promotion of a film. All I'm saying is Kyrie's talent alone will allow you to overlook a lot of things. And I don't even think a lot of what Kyrie is happening is is that bad, honestly. I don't think it's really bad at all. He's just making decisions. Again, he's making decisions. He's standing on it. However, however, <laughs> your talent does not allow you or allow your talent is is not allowed to cover up your problems because you're barely on the floor. And I think it got to a point where you get to contract negotiations and you're thinking to yourself, I've been playing well for two months or so. I think it's time to re-up. And now I'm hearing a lot of reports about 
stipulations in contracts or whatever, but you're asking for a four year max or four year maximum extension. And from what I hear, they're pretty much saying, hold off. I mean, we will give you a three year, but there has to be some stipulations because Kyrie Irving, as we've seen, as great of a talent, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, he you never know what he's going to do. Never. So with Brooklyn getting back Spencer Dinwiddie, you see, the reason in the and one of the biggest we'll talk about the Lakers in a second, one of the biggest reasons why you make the trade with Dallas instead of someone like the Lakers or someone like the Clippers or whatever. Um, of course we heard that Joe Sy just didn't want to acquiesce to whatever Kyrie Irving wanted, which I understand. But you still have Kevin Durant on this roster. As much as bad as he's been playing, you still have Ben Simmons on this roster. And we've seen there are still – I know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different outcome. I get that. And people may be blindly like myself that's expecting Ben Simmons to get back to all-star level Ben Simmons might be naive and might just be on the insanity carousel. But – the name alone, you still have Ben Simmons. They're in win-now mode. The reason why you don't want to give up Westbrook and two first-round picks or whatever, or two future first-round picks, is Westbrook does not do anything right now to help you win. More than someone like a Spencer Dinwiddie who can hit threes, who can play defense, sort of. Someone like Dorian Finney-Smith, who is the definition of a 3-and-D player. I think whoever loses the star loses the trade, but I think that... Brooklyn got back as much as they can, or at least right now, assets got back the most they can get with Dallas than they did with than they did with anybody else. I know they were talking about Terrence Mann, who's who's pretty good, and talking about other players from the Clippers, maybe John Wall, but they went with they went with Spencer Dinwiddie, who's been there, and they also went with Dorian Finney Smith, who is a because I mean. Brooklyn has been a good team, man. Especially over these last few months, they've been a good team. Yes, a lot of that is because of Kyrie Irving, but it's been a good team. So I think, yeah, you gave up the star, but you got back a good a good amount. Now for Dallas, you think to yourself, why would you make this move? When when you look at some hell, when you look at some teams. It's it doesn't bode well when you have two ball dominant players. But I say Dallas, you make this move because you're desperate, but not in a bad way. Like you have Luca, and that's Luca. Luca's one of the best players in the league, if not the best in some people's eyes, uh, right now. And we've been saying that all Dallas needs is a second star. Well, you got one. You got Kyrie. And I, I understand two. There's there's two arguments that are are being made right now about this move on Dallas side, and, and both of them are completely understandable. One of them is you have two ball dominant players. You have Kyrie Irving. You have Luka Doncic, and both of them thrive with the ball in their hand. In fact, while I would say Kyrie plays better without the ball in his hand because he had to play with LeBron James a good amount of time. Or had to play with LeBron James those years and, of course, and ultimately won them a championship. 
Luka Doncic does not play well without the ball because he how he pretty much always has the ball. Now, a lot of that is because of the talent that has been around him, but still. So, also, Luka has not played or fared well with other good to to borderline great players. Luka did not play well with Porzingis. Really good player. Doing really well in Washington right now. He didn't really play too well. He it was a it was a struggle at times playing with Jalen Brunson, who is now killing it in New York. So there's going to be there's going there's changes that's going to be needed on both sides. You know, Kyrie has to be able to kind of get back into his maybe possibly playing without the ball in his hands as well as Luka Doncic, and also this team is look at least on paper looks horrible. Defensively, Kyrie's not a good defender. Luca is not a good defender. Their best defender right now is is what Javel McGee. Like, it, yeah, nah. So I, I get that. I get that argument. But I also get the argument and said, well, if you look on this, if you look at this, Dallas got to the NBA Western Conference Finals with Luca and Jalen Brunson. And while no disrespect to Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson is having a hell of a season in in New York. Kyrie Irving is better than Jalen Brunson by a wide margin. So if you can get to the NBA or Western Conference Finals with Jalen Brunson, what can you do with Kyrie? The stipulation, and it goes back to what I said about Kyrie in Brooklyn, is what Kyrie are you getting? Now, I will I will shoot some bell. Kyrie has been hooping these last few, like maybe two, three months. He's been hooping consistently. Now, of course, that was with Brooklyn, so now I am curious to see what he looks like in a Dallas uniform. And Dallas, I mean, they take a risk, but it's high risk, high reward. Because, I mean, on paper right now, Luka and Kyrie is the best backcourt in the NBA by far. And of course you still have Stephen Clay, but you know, Clay is hasn't been where he's been. And of course we'll talk about Steph in a second as well. Steph's hurt. Uh, who else? Exactly. And I said I want to talk about the Lakers side for a second, is because this is the definition of hindsight is twenty twenty. And, of course, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You never know what's going to happen next week, next year. You never know. Hell, tomorrow's not promised. But just imagine, man. I'm not going to talk about all the assets and pieces that the Lakers gave up to get Anthony Davis because it's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, when healthy and when playing well, is still arguably a top 10 player in the league. I'm not going to disrespect Anthony Davis. So I would have made that trade too. Yes, you gave up Brandon Ingram. Yes, you gave up D'Angelo Russell and a bunch of players. But I would have done the same thing if it was Anthony Davis. The trade that I want to look at is the Russell Westbrook trade. The Russell Westbrook trade that sent players like Kyle Kuzma, uh, KCP, really good, solid players, off the team. And and you know, and then now when you really think about it, everybody knew coming in 
that LeBron James and Russell Westbrook was not a good pairing. Uh, and shocker, they haven't been. And now the Lakers are desperately trying to get Westbrook off the team. Hell, right now, and I'm not going to go in detail about it because I'm going to wait till it, if it happens. But right now, I think Shans was saying that there's like a three-team deal uh, brewing with Westbrook being involved. But again, hindsight is twenty twenty, man. You, I'm almost sure. I understand that Joe Sy wasn't trying to give those pieces or trying to give Westbrook what he wanted and go to L.A. But I promise you, the pot would have been a tad bit sweeter if instead of Westbrook, you have, I don't know, a package that could have been Kuzma, could have been KCP, could have been, I don't know, some picks. You remember, see, Lakers, the Lakers are so, quite as kept, the Lakers have not been good when it comes to, you know, free agency, trade deadlines or whatever. You remember, there's been so many players that have been linked to L.A. That L.A. could have gotten, that probably would help them in a situation or help them not only get Kyrie now, but help them or probably better their situation, i.e. You remember when <laughs> they said that they were about to get Kyle Lowry, like Toronto Raptors Kyle Lowry, still really good Kyle Lowry. They are about to get him but didn't want to give up Taylor Horton Tucker, who is now in Utah. I don't even know what he's doing in Utah. Or when they had pretty much a done deal with DeMar DeRozan and said, no, we're going to go Westbrook, bro. Lakers had the pieces to make this move. The problem is they didn't have the pieces when they needed them. And now you're looking up and the Lakers, hell, you know, Quasis kept, nobody's talking about it. (laughs) When the what last night when LeBron James scored the record, Lakers still lost. So I think that at the end of the day, Brooklyn got the most that they could for Kyrie. Um, I do want to see they're they're talking about you know him, KD, and the organization are in talks about the future of the team. I was. I think the biggest chess piece in this whole situation is KD. Whereas if if KD demands a trade, Kyrie Irving going to the right team could shift the balance of a team's maybe chances of making it further in the playoffs, making it to the playoffs, making it to the NBA Finals. But KD moving somewhere can shape the, or can just completely completely changed the dynamic of the NBA. That's how good of a player KD is. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I think Kyrie is making his debut tonight uh, with the with Dallas. Uh, so I'm interested to see what happens. But, yeah, moving forward. Very quickly, uh, Steph Curry's out again. Um, and I think this one, the reason why I want to talk about this a little bit is because I think this came at a horrible time. Um, of course, you never want you don't wish injury upon anybody, uh, but I felt Golden State was kind of turning the corner. Clay Thompson has looked the best he's looked in years. 
Um, defensively, he's he's missed he he's he's missed a step, but offensively, he looks like the clay of old. Actually, he looks a little better, probably because maybe he understands he doesn't have the lift that he used to do due to the injuries. So he has to maybe pick his angles a little bit more. I see he's driving to the basket a lot more. Klay Thompson has been good. So I just felt that they, the Golden State Warriors, were turning a corner. Jay, uh, I feel it is a complete letdown. I understand that they have, what, a day. But I think that it is a complete letdown. And almost a failure if Golden State does not make a move this trade deadline. I'm looking solely at James Wiseman. I'm looking solely at Moses Moody. They haven't really done anything for the team. And when you have, even though he is hurt, but when you have Steph playing like this, when you have Clay playing like this, um, hell, Dante DiVincenzo has been a godsend for this team. They just need uh, maybe a big and a, and a bench present. You know, people can clown Otto Porter, but Otto Porter was that bench presence that they needed. Kaminga has looked a lot better. I just felt they were turning the corner, and I feel that this takes a huge blow because you're missing 30 points a game. Now, yes, they did win the other day against, um, I think it was OKC. But, I mean, didn't, I think, what, Clay needed 42? So, I'm interested to see what happens with Golden State. I, I just, I understand that the, the logic is you never want to count out Golden State, but... I just haven't seen enough consistent basketball to think that they're good enough this year to win a championship. I did feel like they were turning the corner, but now with Steph being out for multiple weeks, you know, we'll see. Also, also, I'm seeing a lot of people not not be, not not participate. Well, not going to be able to be in the in the in the All Star game. I mean, Zion's not going to be in the All Star game. Kevin Durant's not going to be in the All Star game. Steph Curry is not going to be in the All-Star game. It's opening the door for somebody like, I don't know. Um, some of them snubs that we were talking about, maybe Darren Fox, maybe, uh, I don't know, Jalen Brunson. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. All I'm saying. We'll see. Let's move forward. Uh, also, briefly, um, because this happened maybe two, a week or two ago, but Tom Brady retired. That is crazy to say that in the nonchalant, not in the in the manner of which I said it in the nonchalant. Like, yeah, Tom Brady retired. Yeah, Tom Brady said he retired for good. In fact, he went on Colin Cowherd's show and said he will be a uh, being talk. You know, he'll be a Fox commentator starting twenty twenty four. Um, I said this a year ago when he first retired and came back but Tom Brady is the gr- I'll say I'll say just like I said with LeBron James he is the greatest player uh, greatest football talent greatest football greatest football winner I've ever seen kind of like I don't think anyone will break LeBron James's, of course, scoring record. I don't think there will be a player to win seven championships. Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. Yes, at the end, he didn't look 
as great because, of course, his age. Like, again, Father Time catches up with everyone eventually. So people like LeBron, people like Brady are outliers, but this still catches up eventually. And Tom Brady's, you know, Tom Brady. Uh, I think <laughs> I you can't talk about the history of football. You can't talk about the fo- football in, in general, the NFL, and not mention Tom Brady's name. In fact, if you do, you're not giving a, a proper depiction of the game of football. Tom Brady will go down as one of, if not the greatest football player of all time. And now that he said that he's retired for good, now the league looks different. And the league will look different. You still have people like Patrick Mahomes. You still have Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. But it's, it's, it's kind of the end of an era, you know? End of an era when we talk about, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be there too much longer. I mean, I think he's still going to play, but I don't think he's retiring next year. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, the Drew Breeses, the Manning, but Philip Rivers, even though he he ain't really win much, but that Tom Brady and of course probably Aaron Rodgers is the they're the end of an era. And uh, I, you know, I <laughs> even though I I'm one of those people that hated to see the success of the Patriots because it's the it's the Patriots, but um, I'm not gonna disrespect Tom Brady. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. So I I guess we'll say congratulations to the career that was Tom Brady, a career that I think will never be duplicated and will go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. By far. So shout out to you, Tom. Let's move forward. Uh, the Pro Bowl happened. Again, I'm not going to stay too long on this. Uh, I will, I will say this, um, a lot of people are bashing the new format and rightfully so. I mean, it's, it is kind of gimmicky and some things, you know, like the, the power sleds and, and now it's the flag football. Nobody really comes to see flag football. I get that. But I will say that I was thoroughly entertained about some of the things like the, you know, the skills challenge, even though Miles Garrett did do- dislocate his foot, that's kind of the fear that you always have. Like, you don't want a good player to be hurt or, or a player in general to be hurt, especially in exhibition. But I, I thought that the the Pro Bowl, it's all about personalities, you know. And when you have, you know, the Mannings doing it, it it's, it's all about personality. When you have the Diggs brothers, um, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, maybe the flag football I can do without, but I did like the 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 challenges. Um I love the throwing competition. Of course, that kind of feels like the the three-point contest for the NBA. You know, Geno Smith looked good. Hell, Tyler Tyler Huntley looked really good, you know? Um Derek Carr had probably the line of the weekend or the line of the Pro Bowl when he when he went you know, I probably was never this hot. Uh, that's why I'm going somewhere else. I thought it was good. I just feel the Pro Bowl 
The reason why I get it, I get football. It's, it's hard to do this, but I think one of the biggest reasons why All Star NBA All Star is is so big is because it is its own thing. It's a spectacle, and it's in the middle of the season. It's not the game before the Super Bowl, which a lot of players that have made it in the Super Bowl, i.e. Jalen Hurts, i.e. Patrick Mahomes, i.e. Tyler, uh, not Tyler, um, Travis Kelsey, i.e. Jason Kelsey, players like that don't even participate because they're in the Super Bowl. You know what? You could really alleviate this problem if you make it like Pro Bowl weekend, just like All-Star weekend. And if you're going to do like this format, Put it in the week, put it, excuse me, put it during the, like, in the middle of the NFL season. Make it, like, again, All-Star Weekend, Pro Bowl Weekend. Have a celebrity Pro Bowl game. Have a celebrity All-Star game. Have a, I love the skills challenges. If you're going to, I'm, I'm, it's kind of gimmicky with the flag football, but it did look fun. And it looked like they actually cared and wanted to win. You put that in the middle of the season. Now you can have someone like a Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts in the all, in, or or AJ Brown or Travis Kelsey. You can have them in the Pro Bowl. But if you do this, if you continue to do this, I mean, remember when it was in Hawaii. But if you continue to do this, uh, the the game before the Super Bowl, you're never gonna have. You're always gonna have alternates, and that's no disrespect to all the alternates. So, I, I'm not gonna bash the new format because I did I did thoroughly enjoy some of the some of the challenges that they you know some of the obstacle courses and and stuff like that. But this is just yet another year where we're trying to make the Pro Bowl great again. <laughs> I don't think you ever have a Pro Bowl where uh you know when Sean Taylor just completely obliterated the kicker you're just never gonna see that again even though we did see Jalen Ramsey tat or pretty much hit stick uh Tyree kill but it's not as I mean if you people that know what I'm talking about when Jason Taylor obliterated the kicker it's crazy or was it the quarterback something all I'm saying man that's all I'm saying before uh, I really don't want to talk about this because <clears throat> uh, I'm going to have to look myself in the mirror. I'm going to have to look at my fandom in the mirror and talk about my North Carolina Tar Heels, seeing as though they started at the number one overall seed. And now there's a very good possibility if they don't start rattling some wins together, they might not even make the playoffs or make the March Madness, make the tournament. <clears throat> but. I think it's this weekend brought a bigger question. And I've kind of had this question all year. Is there a great college football team? I mean, college basketball team this year. Of course, we know about the history of, you know, North Carolina or Duke or Kentucky or UCLA and stuff. But this year. And it feels like almost every Saturday or every day, there's another big or another top 10 team going down. And it's like, this is, I guess, the parody that we've been looking for. Because I honestly can't tell you who is going to win the national championship. Indiana's a good team. Purdue's a good team. Houston's a good team. 
Kentucky still has some great players. I don't even know if North Carolina, who was ranked number one, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs or make the tournament. You have teams like <laughs> Clemson that just destroyed Duke. Miami. Oh, no, it was Miami. I'm sorry. Miami that destroyed Duke. So I'm just saying that there's so many good teams, but then also every team is flawed. Hell, the number one team, Purdue, has, what's the name, Ely? That's putting like, dropping almost 30 and 20 games, but they're still losing. He's tall as hell. It's crazy, man. I guess this is the parody we've been looking for. And this has happened in the last few years, actually. Or maybe two. Maybe last two or three. So, yeah. It's just a question. And leave it in the comments. If you know, I'm sure Carl's probably going to say something if he, if he watches the podcast. And, you know, he's a big college basketball fan. But I just don't think that there's a great team this year. There's good teams. Don't get me wrong. There's some good teams. In the, but I think the field... Of which um, the the field is wide open about who can win it. So, hell, Oklahoma or Alabama, you know, it's, it's just a lot. So we'll see. Um, I did want to shine light on the New York Liberty. Actually, I want to shine light on the WNBA in general because the WNBA got a lot going on. First and foremost. The, the the Liberty, they're forming a super team over there. They got um, Brianna Stewart. They got Jonquil Jones. They got Courtney Vandersloot. They also got Sabrina Descu. Uh, they still got, uh, what's it, Benaja Laney. Like, they got some pieces, bro. They got some pieces. They, they, they're... They're doing anything. I don't know what because I remember that Brianna Stewart was kind of basing her free agency on flights and and trying to her deal center around chartered flights and stuff. So I don't know what her deal looks like, but I know somehow she ended up with a with the, with the Liberty. Shouts out to her, the Aces, the Aces. Hold on, let me let me. <laughs> First of all, I, I guess I'll start off with positives. The Aces, of course, the defending champions, they get uh, Candace Parker. Shouts out to them. But you get they getting they getting they getting investigation body blows, man. You got what uh, Mark Davis, I think, who is the owner. He's under investigation for. Pretty pretty much under the table money for some of his players, um, and then of course there's also a Dorica uh, Hambry investigation because she was treated unfairly uh, due to I think because she was pregnant they tried to withhold some things from her and they tried to pretty much get her up out of here just because she's pregnant and weren't trying to pay her, which is also why she was traded. Yo, the WNBA, bro. WNBA is has seen it's it's. I mean, shouts out to the Liberty, but they getting hit with investigation, and then of course with the investigation and with Brianna Stewart, you have you know bringing into bringing into question yet again the flight situation, which also goes back to 
when you had the L.A. Sparks had to stay overnight one time at I think it was a I think it was Reagan. I think it was D.C. Airport. I think they had to stay overnight because like it was bad weather and stuff like that. So it's just it's just been a week and a half for WNBA. It's had its highs, you know, the the Liberty. Then it's had its lows with Dear Cahambri and and the Las Vegas Aces. So and we'll just say that. Um, and there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys again. Shouts out to Bron for becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Uh. <laughs> my social media manager says that I have to uh, say the title of the episode in every episode because she notices it. So uh, I guess the title is Bron did. <laughs> also, um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your unpopular podcast merch today. I apologize for not dropping um, last Saturday. Uh, for people that don't know, it was cold as hell uh, where I live. It was like in the negatives and I didn't have any heat. So times were hard for the kid. And also, I appreciate you guys' patience with today's episode. LeBron James kind of threw everything off whack in a good way. So you're getting it later than usual. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting back on track with Saturday's episode, Lord willing. So I do appreciate you guys. Um, also, again, please subscribe to everyone listening. Please subscribe to everyone watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. I can't do it without you guys. Uh, you know, I'm trying to grow the podcast. I'm trying to get more people to subscribe, more people to listen. I see my social media. I don't know if it's bots or whatever, but there's a bunch of people following the social media account. So I appreciate all you guys as well. Um, yeah, they, they, they kind of following galore on my, on my Instagram. So shouts out to y'all. I, I would ask if you guys, if you're listening to come over to the YouTube and subscribe. So it definitely means a lot. I'm so close to 400. Uh, it means a lot. It means a lot. But until next time, much love. Yeah. When I pull up on a nigga, tell that nigga bad, bad. I'm too good with these words, watch a nigga backtrack. If I die, all I know is I'm a motherfucking legend. It's too late for my city. I'm the youngest nigga rapping. Oh my God, oh my God. If I die, I'm a legend. Oh my God, oh my God. If I die, I'm a legend. I'm a first. I'm on tour. Got a girl, she from the side. Used to work, used to dance and test it. Now she clean the house every day. I was struggling to learn what life's about On my way, money taught me Spanish Make it on delay Way up north, packing Honda cars They don't know who we are, fuck them all They only pussy niggas shooting at the star Right or wrong, I'ma right my wrongs They can't live this long 
you don't know where you're gonna go. I got this shit mapped out strong when I pull up on a nigga. Tell that nigga bad back. I'm too good with the words. Watch a nigga bad track. All I know, if I die, I'm a motherfucking legend. It's too late for my city. I'm the youngest nigga rapping. Oh my god, oh my god, if I die, I'm a legend. Oh my god, oh my god, if I die, I'm a legend. I'm the one, one. Why do I feel like the only one? Why do I feel like you owe me one? Six GOD, I'm the holy one. Yeah, you know what's up. Yeah, they been off for a minute now. You know they all sentimental now. You know they all acting different now. And I, I just can't pretend. Seen too much. It's so hard for me to let new people in. I can't change this shit set in stone. They can't live this long. You don't know where you're gonna go. I got this shit mapped out strong when I pull up on a nigga. Tell that nigga bad back. I'm too good with the words. Watch a nigga bad track. All I know, if I die, I'm a motherfucking legend. It's too late for my city. I'm the youngest nigga rapping. Oh my god, oh my god, if I die, I'm a legend. Oh my god, oh my god, if I die, I'm a legend. I'm the one.